Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to exclusive content brought to you by Seekers Guidance. We are committed to make reliable Islamic knowledge accessible and free of charge. Help us in our mission by making a small donation at seekersguidance.org slash donate. Even $10 a month can go a long way. اللهم لك الحمد حتى ترضى ولك الحمد إذا رضيت ولك الحمد بعد الرضا اللهم إنا اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما تعلمنا وزدنا من فضلك علما وعملا وقربا يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا لا تؤاخذنا إن نسينا أو أخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته okay. I have a bit of a cough so you have to bear with me I apologize um, Okay, uh, we'll go for about an hour or so If you have any questions, please write them and, and send them forward um, we'll, we'll take some time uh, I'll say about 3 o'clock to answer questions Inshallah Okay, uh, Bismillah So we're talking about patience and we're talking about um, <coughs> shukr, gratitude. So, uh, let's start with. <coughs> so obviously, I assume you're you're all fasting pretty much, right? And one of the worst things when you're fasting is what when someone sends you pictures of food, yeah, or if they start talking about food. So I want you to imagine. You you've gone to a vending machine. There's your favorite chocolate in there, and. You're looking at it and you think, I want to buy this. And you're thinking about how it's going to taste at Maghrib when you eat it. Whether it's a chocolate, cheesecake, whatever. So you take a coin out of your pocket and you put it inside the vending machine. Yeah? If the coin is a different, if, if it requires a pound and it's a different shape to a pound, are you going to get anything out of it? No. Maybe if you've got a dodgy one, you know, it might trip the machine. But when you look at the coin, you have two sides to this coin, yeah? You have one where you've got Queen Liz and whatever stamp they have on that side and then the other side you've got whatever they have on that side. If you go to a shop and you try passing it off and you know they've got a picture of Charles on there instead, is the shopkeeper going to take it? No. Or what on the other side if it's got some other image? It's worthless, yeah? So. Our Iman, our belief as believers, I'm not saying um, there's anything worthless about this. This is the greatest gift you can have. The greatest gift is Iman. Because Iman is basically the price you pay for eternal happiness. We're going to talk about this shortly. Right? But the, so your Iman is like a coin. And this coin has two sides. Yeah? And everyone needs to cultivate both of these sides. So, what's the first side? Sabr, patience. And what's the other side? Shukr. So, I just wanna, if you don't remember anything, <coughs> apart from the food that we just mentioned, you remember this hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And you have to understand who's talking here. It's the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. <coughs> Who knows more than anyone else, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that's been created, yeah? Allah gave him more knowledge than anyone else. And 
the more you know, the less impressed you are by things. Right? You show a little game to a kid, he's like, oh wow, and he'll have his face stuck in it for an hour, right? Show it to an adult, okay, yeah, big deal. You, you show something more complicated to an adult, yeah, wow. So, to amaze someone, he takes something that's commensurate to their knowledge, right? And <clears throat> the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did a Sahih Hadith, um, rigorously authenticated, <coughs> which Imam Muslim mentions. He says, Ajaban li amrin mu'min. I am amazed, shocked. I'm amazed at the affair of the believer. So, Anyone that has La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah in there, right? The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is amazed at what happens to each and every believer. Allah showed him what he didn't show us. Why is he amazed? Inna amrahu kullahu lahu khair. Everything about him, everything that happens to him or her is the very best thing that happens to him or her. Inna amrahu kullahu lahu khair. It's all the best for him. وَلَيْسَ ذَلِكَ إِلَّا لِلْمُؤْمِنِ And that's not the case except for the believer. So, how does a believer respond? A believer benefits from everything. Yeah? A believer, someone who believes in Allah and His Messenger, you benefit from everything. Or at least, you have the opportunity to benefit from everything. Things are going good, you can benefit from that. Things are going bad, you can benefit from that. You go and you give, you know, a ton of charity, you benefit from that. You go and you commit a terrible sin, you can benefit from that. Yeah? With the good that you do, you thank Allah, you get more. With the bad that you do, you make a tawbah. Oh Allah, I'm sorry. And with people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna Allah yuhibbu tawabin. Allah loves. Right? What does love mean? What does it mean when you're in love with someone? How do you want to be towards that person? In Arabic, the two main terms for love are mahabba and mawadda. Right? So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Sina Shu'ib said, Inna Rabbi Rahimun Wadud. Right? So you have mahabba, or muhabbat in Urdu, and mawadda. So, mahabba is a strong attachment you feel towards someone. But it means that you want everything good to happen to that person. Yeah? So it's an attachment with a desire for that person to benefit, to grow, to thrive, for good things to happen. Mawadda is the opposite. It's a strong attachment, but you don't want anything bad to happen to that person. You don't want the beloved to feel any sort of pain or difficulty. Yeah? So, Sayyidina Shu'aib, when he's describing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, My indeed, my dear loving Lord, is Rahim, he's always merciful and so this is more than just Mahabba, Rahma is higher than Mahabba because there's a Mahabba is you just want good to happen and Rahma is you actually go and do something you give, right? Wadud and it's like this <coughs> so so what, so this hadith, so he says, everything is the best thing for him. I'm amazed by the fear of the believer. Everything that happens to him is the best for him. This is not the case for anyone but the believer. So how do you respond? Why is this the case? He said, in asabatu sarra'u shakara fakana khayran lahu. If good times come to him, he's grateful 
Ya Rabb, thank you for this blessing. Thank you for this, thank you for this, thank you for this. All the ease that you have in your life. If good comes to him, he says Alhamdulillah. And he benefits. It's better for him. We'll talk about how he benefits. وَإِنْ أَصَابَتْهُ الضَّرَّاءُ صَبَرَ فَكَانَ خَيْرًا لَهُ And if something hard and difficult happens to him, he's patient, he puts up with it. And that's better for him. And what's beautiful about this hadith is the Prophet ﷺ used the word أَصَابَ أَصَابَ You have the term مُصِيبَتْ right, in Urdu, whatever, a problem. What it actually means, a musibah, is basically an arrow that you've lined up towards the bullseye and you let it go. And it hits the bullseye. So what the hadith is saying, that if good comes to you, it was meant to happen. The best thing at that point. And if difficulty comes to you, it was meant to happen. Things haven't gone wrong in reality. They've gone right. And it's the best thing for you. Yeah, and so I mentioned uh, yesterday something similar, and I said Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says. says echo, echo, echo. <laughs> Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says uh, in the Quran, "Ma asab, ma fil ardi wala fi anfusikum illa fi kitabin min qabil nabraha." No musibah, no arrow of fate, right? Is what does Hamlet say? Whether, whether it is nobler to suffer the slings and arrows or our trade is fortune, right? So anything that happens to you, right? Because any problem that comes and hits you in the land, so collectively, earthquake or whatever, wala fi, and there's a mud here, there's a stretch. When you're reciting with the you have to stretch it. And the mud is do is is there to focus on this point. No problem hits you collectively in the land, neither in your own selves. Because something that happens to everyone, it's usually easier to deal with the problem that other people are suffering as well. What's particular to you, what's tailor-made to your situation, it's not always easy. Allah says, none of these happen except that it's always it's been documented way before you know, before we we created it before this problem comes and Allah creates it in your life it's been in the local mahfuz right so what hits you was never meant to miss what misses you was never meant to hit but he used the word nabraaha this is a beautiful word and it has the indication of bariya, for example, ulaika hum khayrul bariya, the word bariya from the same root, it means a beautiful creation. Yeah? That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala criticizes the kuffar, ulaika hum sharrul bariya, that the worst of creation, that they, Allah created them in a beautiful form, but they distorted it with their kufr. Yeah? So why is he use this word here? He's saying that it's whatever happens, it's been documented in the Loh al before it was created in this amazing, beautiful, perfect way. So whatever happens, you look at it and it seems like, oh my God, this is terrible. But it's not. <coughs> so, <coughs> it's a case of perspective. So let's have a perspective. So let me tell you about some, something, right? There's this kid and imagine you're watching this on the screen. There's a kid and he's asleep, he's lying there, looks so peaceful, 
like a five, six, seven, eight year old, so peaceful. And then the man comes up to him, takes out a blade, sticks it into his chest and cuts him. Okay, a gut reaction. Is this a good thing? No. No? Is this a good person? What would you do to this person? In most places you go to prison, right? Okay. So now, let's add some more detail. Let's flesh it out. And let's see if our perspective changes. So this kid has got a life-threatening illness. He's actually been given a general anaesthetic and he's knocked out on the operation table. The man with the knife is the surgeon. He's come to operate on him to remove whatever this thing is to save his life. Are you still going to throw him in prison? No. Is, is he still a bad person? No. This is a story about what happens to everyone in life. Yeah? You have to have a perspective. And if your perspective isn't the perspective of Iman, then everything can seem off. Why is this happening? I don't get it. Right? But when you understand, it's easier. <coughs> so, so, let me give you the perspective, then we talk about patience and gratitude. So the perspective is, uh, Allah's created a place unimaginably beautiful. Allah describes it in the Quran, when the doors of paradise first open, those who you know, fear the Lord, they're driven, they're taken to paradise in huge groups. So Allah says, right, so when they, pay attention, when they come to paradise, and when the doors are opened, and when the angels say to them, Assalamu alaikum, well then enter it, and live there forever. Is something missing? Listen to it again. When they come to the doors of paradise and when the doors are opened and when the angels say, Assalamu alaikum, you've done well, enter and live there forever. If I said to you, uh, when the clock strikes three and I go quiet, are you not expecting me to finish it off? You're expecting another response. The same thing in this verse, when, 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 when they get to paradise and the doors are opened, what happens? They're in absolute shock. <gasps> they can't speak just by seeing what's inside. Just because they've seen what's inside, they're so shocked, they can't speak. Right? And, لَهُمَّا يَشَاءُونَ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ They'll have whatever they want in the presence of their loving Lord. If, if you could have whatever you want right now, what would, you, what would you wish for? Yeah? What would you wish for? Okay. Yeah, a okay. cake. <laughs> you know who Prince Pondicherry is? No? You know, is uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? There's Prince Pondicherry. What does he wish for? A palace made out of chocolate. Yeah, what's he going to do with it? Eat it. 
he doesn't eat it, he melts, it's too slow. Right? But he wished for that. Yeah? So in paradise you can get whatever you want, you just wish. And you keep wishing and you ask and you ask and you ask and it's all there. It comes, you just have to wish it and it's there. There's no limit. The sky is letting the limit. You keep asking and whatever you can wish for. And soon you run out of wishes. Correct? After maybe 50 million years, you, you run out of wishes. Right? Waladayna mazid. And we've got much, 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 much more, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. So, he says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ كَانَتْ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتُ الْفِرْدَوْسِ نُزُلًا SubhanAllah. In, indeed, those who believe and do good deeds, right? Alhamdulillah, even belief is a good deed, right? You're sat there, and just you being sat there with iman in your heart, you're constantly, you're getting rewarded for it. Right? Just like right now you're getting rewarded for your fast even though you're not actively doing something. <coughs> so, <coughs> he says, indeed those who believe in your good deeds, lahum firdaus. The gardens of paradise. Firdaus is a Persian, originally was a Persian word, pirdaus, from which paradise comes from. The highest levels of paradise, this whole place, has always been for them. What has it been? Nuzula. A nuzul, this is beautiful. Nuzul is, Arabs had this tradition, if a guest came to your house, or your tent, they would light a fire in the middle of the desert, yeah? <coughs> They'd light a fire in the dark, because they were generous. So if you're traveling through the desert and you see a fire, <coughs> excuse me, you see a fire, what happens? You know, okay, I should go there, they'll feed me. So they'd feed these people, Three days, no, no, no questions. <coughs> just ask them, you know, just entertain them and keep feeding them. <coughs> but the Arabs had something called a nuzul, which is uh, a nuzul is when your guest comes, the first thing you give to them. You're not going to go bring out the massive roast or whatever and put it there in front of you, right? You're going to bring something. You're going to bring something small to whet his appetite. Yeah, you know, slunia or something, right? Or little nuts. <laughs> right? So just something small. So Allah says all these huge gardens of paradise where you can wish for whatever and you get it all, it's hors d'oeuvres. It's something small. What's left after that? You can't even imagine. And all of these things, infinite number of things that are there, all of them, you put them all together. And like I said, when they first go in, they, they can't speak. Right? They put, you put them all together and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gathers everyone one day and He says to them, do you want anything? They say, what more could we want? You've protected us from hell, you entered us into paradise and you know, you did this and you did this and He says, today I will give you my ridwan, my supreme pleasure. And Allah says in Surah Tawbah, وَرِضْوَانٌ مِنَ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرٌ that Allah's supreme pleasure, when it's manifested on a person, even the slightest amount of it is better than all of paradise. So what happens then is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, إِنَّ اللَّهَ جَمِيلٌ يُحِبُّ الْجَمَالِ Allah is beautiful, absolutely beautiful, the most beautiful thing in existence. And He loves beauty, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what does He do? He shows them His being, He Himself. And they see him. 
right? He's not in a place or a direction, but they see him. And they're completely, to use the term, drunk, as the Sufis say. They're completely lost. All of these pleasures and everything that they've been given and all of that, they completely forget about it. Completely forget. And this is it. And who is this for? This is for everyone who believes in La ilaha illallah Muhammadun Rasulullah. But there are some people who will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every Friday, every period of time, right? And there are others who are always with him. Always, the prophets and the awliya. The last guy to come out of hell, <coughs> the last believer, you know, he's allowed out, his punishment's over, but he's still there and he's like, oh Allah, just move me away, turn me away. And then he keeps saying, just give me this, I promise I won't ask for anything else. Give me this, I promise I won't ask for anything else. Let me see paradise, I promise I won't ask for anything else. Let me just look inside it, I promise I won't ask for anything else. He keeps doing this. Until eventually, he's allowed, uh, he, he, he says, you know, oh Allah, let me in, please. Right? And there's nothing else to ask for that. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, go. Your own personal space, your own personal part in paradise, is ten times the size of earth. A king in this place, if he, if he rules the country, wow, you know, how, how happy does he get? But the whole of, ten times the size of the earth is all his. That doesn't even mean, doesn't mean he, can, he can't go anywhere else. Visit other people, enjoy their company, enjoy the blessings that they have. Yeah? So, <clears throat> may Allah protect us, we don't want to be this person. But, because he gets punished first. So, what do you have? You've got these people that are enjoying all the blessings of paradise and they're seeing Allah constantly. And then you've got this guy who gets something ten times the size of earth. And there's billion, millions of degrees in between as well. So ask, answer me. If I was to ask you, where do you deserve to go from the lowest point to the highest point? Where do you deserve to go? Most people say, well, uh, maybe somewhere near the top, yeah, right, uh, so where's your place in paradise, right? So what if you say, well, I should be here, but in reality you should be here, or vice versa, right? So because there's all these possibilities and there's so many places and so many people, there's so giving out awards, who gets what, who gets the best, Allah put you in a situation. This situation is called life. As you go through it, what you do will depend on where you are over there. Jaza'an bima kanu ya'maloon. In Surah Al-Waqi'ah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the believers <coughs> and the reward that they get. And he mentions two groups, As-Sabiqoon, the elite, and as <coughs> Ashab al the people who get the book of deeds in the right hand. And the elite, he describes them as people who live in palaces. Yeah? And the others have a lower rank, but they're all completely happy in pleasure. So what happens is, <coughs> after describing their rewards, he says, Jaza'an bima kanu ya'maloon. This is a reward for what they used to do. So, the Prophet told us, لَنْ يَدْخُلَ أَحَدُكُمْ 
None of you will enter paradise because of your good deeds. Not even you, O Messenger of Allah. He said, even I will not enter paradise because of my good deeds. It's too great a blessing. You know the hadith of the man, he's being judged, he worshipped Allah for 500 years. And Allah says uh, to the angels, you know, Allah says to him, enter paradise because of my mercy. And he says, what do you mean your mercy? I worshipped you for 500 years, right? Not the kind of attitude you want. But, so Allah says, okay, fair enough. Um, it has the angels just weigh in the scales the blessing of eyesight and his 500 years of worship. Right? And the eyesight is heavier. Just having eyesight is worth more than 500 years of worship. He says, by your mercy, Ya Allah, please. Because <laughs> he's run out. And so what happens is, <clears throat> the Prophet said that we enter paradise because of Allah's mercy and generosity. There's no, no other way you can get in there. Just Allah's mercy and generosity. But once you're there, your deeds will decide where you are. That makes sense? And <clears throat> whilst we're on this topic, right? This is to do with sh shukr now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is as-sabur, the incredibly patient, and as-shakur, the incredibly appreciative. So, <clears throat> all about context as well. Allah wants to give. That's the whole reason why He created you. <clears throat> You're here because He wants to give you something there. And here, but especially there. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, you've prayed dhuhr now, right? And you're fasting. Let's look at your fast. Maybe today is not a great fast. Maybe you did something, maybe you lost your temper and you said something to someone, whatever. Maybe the first fast of Ramadan was excellent and then you've been going downhill. Maybe you live another 50 years and no fast in the coming days is like that first fast of this Ramadan. So on the Day of Judgment, how are you rewarded? When your deeds are weighed, Allah will take your best deed ever. So let's say your best deed was that fast. How much reward did you get for that fast? Allah will take that and all the reward for all of your deeds you've ever done will be rewarded according to the standard of that best deed you've done. That best fast, right? This is Allah's generosity. So this is the context. So this is why you're here. And people, you know, so let's start talking about patience. What does patience mean? <coughs> so patience is related to, related to what's sabir in Arabic, which is a very, very bitter plant, right? And when you, um, obviously, something bitter is not pleasant. Right? You don't want to eat it. So, what is patience? <clears throat> patience is quite literally the best thing you could have. There are many types of patience, but in general, patience is the ability <coughs> to keep yourself firm and strong in a situation where you don't lose hope. Where, you know, like people start, you know, like Arabs, what do they do when someone died? They start slapping their face, tearing their clothes. And <coughs> you don't question what's happening in your life. And you don't lose hope. This is patience, being firm. 
I will get through this. So, Imam al-Ghazali, he's got a number of definitions and divisions of patience, right? So one of them, he says that patience is, he says, firstly, there are three types of patience, right? Actually, before that, he says that patience is a general ability, an ability which manifests in different ways. One of them, for example, in a situation where someone's doing something to provoke you, to anger you, your ability to re- restrain yourself and not lose it is patience. But here it's called hilm, clemency. In another situation, like someone who gets given a, given a lot of money and you know, wealth makes people lose it, right? I'm so great, this and the other, right? Fir'aun and Haman, and what, what were they like? So the ability to not you know, overstep these bounds in that situation is also patience. But it's just given a different term. That's what he's saying. So it's a general thing. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so patience is... He says there are three types of patience. One type, the first type, is the ability to, to keep doing that which is good. The ability to something that should be done, such as your prayers, five prayers a day. (laughs) Technical errors. (laughs) So, the first one is as-sabr and al-ta'ah. Patience in to keep doing what Allah has told you to do. You keep fasting, right? You might walk home, it's boiling, you're incredibly thirsty. You know there's a, some juice in the fridge, you really like that. Are you going to go drink it? No. Day after day you fast, right? Night after night you get up and you pray. So all of these things, this is patience in doing that which is good. So we ask, So this is something you should ask for, yeah? The second type of patience uh, is the ability to refrain from that which harms you. Yeah? <clears throat> so, um, we know, for example, drinking wine, you're going to get punished, right? If you, you know, you can get punished for it, it's a sin. So you stay away from it. Pork, right? You don't have that bacon butty, right? These sorts of things, right? So, it's the ability to leave that which Allah has told you to leave. And these two are essential. The first one's easier. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said that the first one has 300 degrees. There are 300 stages in the ability, the patience required to keep doing what you're meant to do. There's 300 stages. The second one, he said, there are 600 stages because it's harder. Anyone can say subhanAllah, 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 walk around with a big tasweeh and whatever and show people, right? Anyone can do that. But it's harder to leave that which is bad, right? So we ask Allah for Tawfiq to do this. So this is 600 degrees. <coughs> and then there's a third degree. This, Imam Ghazali says, is the greatest type of patience. Which is what? Patience, when it comes to putting up with the tests and tries and blows of fate. When things come to be firm and strong, and not everyone can do this. Trust me, not everyone can do this. 
and it is essential. The Prophet وسلم, in Hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari, I believe, or Muslim, some of the Ansar, some, some money had come in to the Islamic State, and some of the Ansar went to the Prophet وسلم, They're poor, they need, they need you know, finances. So he, he gave them everything that he had. The next day they come back in the hope that he might have some more. <coughs> and, and he says to them, they're expecting something, he says, if there's anything of the good or any money or anything like this, I will never withhold it from you. He's too generous. The Prophet وسلم, he said that if, if you've been to Medina, you've seen Uhud, it's not just one mountain, it's a range of mountains, right? Huge. He said, if I had Uhud in gold and three days passed without me giving it all away, I wouldn't feel comfortable. Right? That's the generosity. So then he says, he said, وَمَنْ يَتَعَفَّفْ يُعِفُّهُ Whoever keeps his dignity and doesn't ask, Allah will make him dignified in that way. Yeah? <clears throat> but then he says, وَمَنْ يَتَصَبَّرُ Whoever wants to be patient, sorry, whoever tries to be patient, makes himself be patient, Allah will make him patient. Right? I'll talk about this shortly. But then he says words that should be written in gold. Yeah? And adorned with diamonds. This is very important, the statement. He says, وَمَا أُعْطِيَ أَحَدٌ عَطَاءً خَيْرًا وَأَوْسَعًا مِنَ الصَّبْرِ Look at the context and look at this. No one has ever been given a gift. From who? Allah. So we're talking about on any level. No one has ever been given a gift which is better or wider in its scope than patience. Patience applies to everything. There's not a single good thing in this life or the next, except it requires some degree of patience. Patience doesn't just mean sitting there. Sometimes it means actively doing something. So for, for example, um, how many, a tremendous prophet there was, uh, with whom many dedicated people fought, right? To defend them, to defend Islam, all of these. And Allah says that they didn't show weakness and they didn't show cowardice in these situations. Then he says, Wallahu Allah loves those who are patient. And I mentioned what love is. Here it's love and wanting the good for them. When you love someone, like a parent loving a child, most parents would want everything good to happen to their child, nothing bad to happen to them. When Allah loves a person, He wants the same. So He says, Allah loves those who are patient. Anyway, so the Prophet said, so Allah says that there are many people who fought with them. So patience in some situations is active. Standing there in that battlefield, was an act of active patience. So here you'd call it steadfastness, right? But it's the same thing. So patience isn't just sitting there, going to your bedroom, locking the door, right, and being patient. Sometimes it means you get up and you go and do something. 
there are people who inwardly they're being incinerated with tests and trials and difficulties. But outwardly, you just see a smile on their face. This is the highest form. So he, say, so he said, no one has been given a gift which is better or wider in its scope. It applies to so many situations and so much can come from it than patience. Sabr. <coughs> so if it's so great, should you ask Allah for patience? What do you think? Who thinks yes, put your hands up? Great. Who thinks no, you shouldn't ask Allah for patience? No one? Okay. I like trick questions, right, as a lot of you know. Right. So the answer is, no, you shouldn't ask Allah for patience. Are you feeling alright? Why would you ask Allah for patience? And you're all confused. Excellent. Now just think, when can you be patient? If you're a millionaire, sat in your own house in Spain, enjoying the sunshine, you've got no financial problems, no problems at all, everything's hunky-dory, can you be patient then? There's a type of patience for that, but that's different, right? But this type of patience, patient with difficulties, you can't. You can only be patient when you're getting a whack. When there's a problem coming to you in your life. So if you're sat there and you say, Oh Allah, and you say, make me patient, what are you asking for? Oh Allah, give me a smack, right? You're asking for a problem. So you don't ask for patience. One of the Sahaba, he sat there and he says, Oh Allah, make me patient. And the Prophet said, Sa'alta al-bala. You've asked for a problem. What should you ask for? You should ask for afiyah. What does afiyah mean? Well-being, freedom from problems. His own uncle, Abbas, asked him. He said that uh, the, he said to Anas that the dua between the adhan and the iqama is always answered. So Anas said, "Ya Rasulullah, what should we ask for?" Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Ask Allah for well-being, freedom from problems in this life and the next. Right? <coughs> so, this is it. But so how do you be patient though? The same hadith, when he said it's the best thing. When you're in a difficulty, at that point you say, Ya Rabbi, get me through this. And you make a resolve. I'm going to get through this. I'm not going to be weak. But you ask Allah for help. Doesn't mean you just sit there. Oh Allah, help me. Yeah? There are many people... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might send angels Sometimes Allah might send Jibreel to a person who will inspire this person to get through something and he might send other angels we know this from the Quran right? so you don't ask for it but when it comes or when it's needed Ya Rabbi help me get, get me through this ask me for afia there's another hadith where a man He's saying, Ya Rabbi, ya Rab, he's got this really difficult illness. Ya Rabbi, if my time's over, then give me relief. End me, right? Or if you're testing me, then raise me. And, and then he says something else. And the Prophet was walking past him. And obviously he's got, the Prophet had a beautiful quality, which, you know, subhanAllah. Everyone who was in the presence of the Prophet felt 
I am the most beloved person to the Prophet. Amr ibn As, this man who fought the Prophet for years, just before the conquest of Mecca, he went with Khalid ibn Walid and he accepted Islam. And he said, <coughs> he said that the Messenger of Allah would give special attention to the worst of people and he'd smile at them. And so, worst as in like not the best, not necessarily bad, but not the best. So he's, he said that he would always smile at me and give me attention and talk to me and all this. And so he said, he got it into his head, I must be great. Yeah? So he goes, Ya Rasulullah, am I better or Abu Bakr? And he said, Abu Bakr. No, sorry, first he said, Ya Rasulullah, who do you love the most? Right? He said, Aisha. I love my wife Aisha the most. Okay. Fine, that's his wife. I'll be second. So he goes, Ya Rasulullah. Then from the men, he said, Abu Bakr. Like, All right. Second place in back. And after Abu Bakr, Umar. Okay. After Umar, Uthman. So he's like, you know what? I'll get the message now. <laughs> he's just being kind to me. Right. I'm not as good as them, right? So anyway, the Messenger of Allah, he had these relationships. Everyone felt like they were the most beloved to him. So this man, he's asked me if, 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 if it's my time, kill me and all this stuff, right? And the Messenger of Allah said, walked past him in the mosque and said, what did you just say? So he repeated it. So he kicked, not hard, but he just gave him like a little tap with his foot, right? And he said, Allahumma shfihi. Oh Allah, give him, heal him, or there's two alternative uh, wordings. Oh Allah, give him afiyah, well-being, or Allah, cure him. And he was cured, right? So he, if it was a case of go, go, keep going, asking for patience, he just said, keep doing it. Just like with the first one, he said, you've asked for a problem, ask Allah for afiyah. Right? So this is it. <clears throat> this is where, where patience comes from. So <clears throat> the question is, why do you get problems? Why do you get problems? It may be when you get to paradise, you'll be somewhere here because of the deeds that you do. Allah might want you here much higher but because you don't do the stuff that will get you there he gives you a boost yeah which is a problem when that comes all your sins are wiped i guarantee you there are people that walk the streets of brightwood they've had so many problems in their life that they have no sins just because something happened in the time of the sahaba and the prophet was there to tell us so, so like um, Bilal, uh, whenever he made wudu, he'd pray two rakahs, right? Or someone else did such and such a thing, and someone else did such and such a thing. One man said, I love uh, Allahu Ahad. He said, Allah loves you. The Prophet was there to tell them about these things. Just because the Prophet وسلم, isn't here, doesn't mean those things don't happen. There might be people here in this room, you might have done one thing, and that's it, you guarantee paradise. But Allah knows it. Does it mean you can just chill out now? No. So you keep working. But just because those things aren't known, doesn't mean they don't happen. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, through tests, the Prophet said, Aisha narrated that. He said, nothing happens to the believer except that his sins are wiped away and forgiven. No sadness, no pain, no fatigue. You've been sat in a traffic jam for two hours. You go home, you're tired. Your sins are being washed away. Everything. The slightest annoyance. 
pain, difficulty, depression, all of these things, something's being washed away, wiped away. There are people like this. Yeah? So, that same word, the arrow hitting. When Allah loves a person, He gives him tests, problems, time after time after time after time. Don't be shocked that you're getting problems in this life, problems in this life, as long as you're here in this life. That's the whole point of this life. So sometimes, so there are different types of tests, right? Sometimes you have this big one-off, yeah? So, <clears throat> you lose a job, or you do this, or do that, or an accident, or a health issue, or the death of a loved one. And these, you, you stay firm. Oh Allah, help me, get me through this, yeah? And you ask for Allah, and the Prophet said, like I said, whoever tries to do this, he will do it. Allah will help him. So, these tests might come periodically, and they're difficult. But then there are other tests that other people have. And generally, this is a sign that Allah loves you. People that have long-term, continued tests. And it goes on and on and on. Sometimes from this direction, sometimes from that direction, sometimes from this person, sometimes from that person. And if you're like, I can't, I can't get away, everything I turn to, problem. Right? Everyone here sat there thinking, that's me, <laughs> We tend to. So, it might be, right? For some people it is. For others, not so, right? You know? And, you know, alhamdulillah. So, this is, this is the case. And, so these tests are the most difficult. But, they always end. They always end. And, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, look at the Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. Ibrahim, I don't know anyone that could, you know, maybe the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasalam, but you know, he's told after 80 odd years, he's 86, he has his first child, go leave them, leave them in, this, in this desert. Few days, bit of water, leave. Could you do that? When the child gets older, he's becoming a man, he can help Ibrahim now, remember he's old. He can help him, Go sacrifice him. And he did. He tried to. Knife wouldn't cut. So <coughs> Allah talks <coughs> Allah talks about Ibrahim. He said Allah made him an Imam. <laughs> I'm making you an Imam. What's an Imam? Not the guy who leads the prayer. He's one type of Imam. An Imam is someone of such high caliber and standing that others look up to him. Thousands of years later we still look up to Sayyidina Ibrahim. Yeah? And Allah says about Bani Israel, وَجَعَلْنَا مِنْهُمْ أَئِمَّةً لَمَّا صَبَرُوا وَكَانُوا بِآيَاتِنَا يُقِنُونَ From Bani Israel, Allah made, some, made individuals amongst them imams for people. When? When they were patient. Test after test after test. When they were patient and they had certainty in Allah's signs. So He gave them this rank. One of the awliya from Morocco, uh, he said that Allah hides things in their opposites. Sometimes in humiliation 
the highest honor is waiting for you. Yeah? Sometimes in difficulty, there's ease waiting for you. Right? Never lose hope. إِنَّمَا جَعَلَ الدَّارَ الْآخِرَةَ جَزَاءً لِعِبَادِهِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ لِأَنَّ هَذِهِ الدَّارَ لَا تَسَعُ مَا يُرِدَ نِيُعْتِيَهُمْ When the awliya said, Allah's made the akhirah the place where he rewards his believing servants because this place isn't big enough to fit what he wants to give you. Firstly, you don't live that long, 70, 80, years. And then it's finite. What he wants to give keeps coming and coming and coming. So this is it. When you need to, Allah, help me, get me through this. Right? Even when it looks absolutely bleak, keep going. And then we have shukr. I spent a long time on this, but... <clears throat> okay, shukr. What is shukr? Shukr, the ulama say, is basically... It's a word you say in order to show appreciation. Yeah? Everything is shukr. They say, for example, the shukr of the eyes, if you see something good, you share it. For example, you, you, you praise Allah for it. If you see something bad in someone, what do you do? You hide it, you veil it, you zip it. You don't send out the next tweet, guess what? Right? You veil it. And they say, generally, the shukr of everything is using it for what it's been created for. Yeah? So, shukr is essential. Shukr is almost like iman. The opposite of iman is what? <coughs> Kufr, disbelief. The opposite, in Arabic, the opposite of shukr is kufran. Very close to the word kufr. Kufr is basically, you've got something, you know the truth, yet you hide it. You cover it up. So this is, this is the thing with, with, with kufr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves to be thanked. And He deserves to be thanked. There are two blessings everyone in this room has. No one, everyone in the universe has. The fact that you exist. Who would wish to just switch it all off right now? Most normal people would not just want death. Unless you've got an illness, whatever, depression, whatever. That's a different story. But if you're well and fine, even if you might not have what others have and all this stuff, right? You wouldn't, most people don't want to die. Right? So just, and it's an opportunity to be in that paradise forever. So just existing is a blessing. That's the first thing. And the second one is that at every moment, he keeps you going. He keeps you... Who's making your heart beat? Yeah? How's the blood going around your body? Are you, are you actively breathing? Are you choosing to breathe in, breathe out? Who does that when you're asleep? So, Shaitan's trick is <clears throat> he makes you focus on what's bad, what's negative. Focus on what's positive. And keep thanking Allah. There's a type of people <coughs> called Al-Hammadun. Al-Hammadun, this pattern fa'al in Arabic. Hammad is the name of people named the child Hammad. What does Hammad mean? Someone who's constantly, all the time, he says, Alhamdulillah, 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 Alhamdulillah. As a, just an act of worship, and when he sees stuff, Right? 
when things are happening in his life, even if you've got the worst thing going on, I guarantee you it could be worse. Sorry, that sentence is a bit of a contradiction. <laughs> if you know how difficult what, you know, what's happening is, it could always be worse, right? It will end one day, won't it? Either by the test ending or your life ending, it will end, won't it? You won't, you're not like, you know, Alhamdulillah, as a believer, you're not going to be thrown in hell forever, right? So, you know, Allah, so these people are constantly saying, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. What's special about these people? The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told us there are 70,000 people and in Arabic 70 or 70,000 we can use it can be used like we use the word a million I told you a million times you know so he said there are 70,000 people who are going to go straight to paradise no questions asked why did you do this why didn't you do this no questions straight in and every one of those 70,000 will take another 70,000. So one of the Sahaba, when the Prophet was telling them this, Okasha, his name was. He says, Ya Rasulullah, make dua that I'm one of them. He says, Anta minhu, you're one of them, right? So then another one gets up, Ya Rasulullah, me too, right? He said, Okasha got there first. Right? But he left the door open saying, Be one the Hammadun. They trust in Allah as well. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves gratitude. Wala in shakartum la azidanakum. I swear by Allah. Who's saying this? Allah Himself. I swear by Allah. You see a qasam, an oath, either because the person in front of you is not going to believe you. Or you want to emphasize this point. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is emphasizing this point. And he says, I swear by God, I swear by myself, if you are grateful, I will give you even more. Whatever you want, you just keep asking. Whatever you have, say Alhamdulillah. And the, you know, وَمَنْ لَمْ يَشْكُرِ النِّعْمِ فَقَدْ تَعَرَّضَ لِزَوَالِهَا Shaykh Ahmad ibn Atala, secondary, he said that whoever isn't grateful for blessings, he exposes himself to the possibility of losing them. Allah says in the Qur'an, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِقَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ Allah doesn't change the state of a people until they change. So there's two ways of understanding this. That if you're bad, you make an effort to change, then Allah will change you. Yeah? What the verse is saying, so that, that means true, you can understand it from the verse. What the verse is actually saying, people, whatever state, good state they're in, if they change and stop being grateful and appreciative, then Allah will change their state for the worse. Yeah? So what we want <coughs> is to thank Allah. And how do you thank Allah? You have to keep saying Alhamdulillah or Shukrulillah. Everything can be shukr. Everything can be shukr. Following the sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, is shukr. Putting your right hand into the dish and eating. For example, the sunnah of food is what? You eat with your right hand and what do you eat? Where do you eat from? 
uh, Umar, he was the son of Umm Salama, one of the wives of the Prophet And he said, when I was a kid, I used to eat and my hand would go all over the plate. Because they eat in a big dish, right? And obviously there's meat there and stuff, the tasty stuff, right? So he'd, he'd be there eating from all over. And then the Prophet said, Ya Ghulam, young boy, mention Allah's name, eat with your right hand, and eat what's in front of you. Yeah? So you eat what's in front of you. That's a sunnah. It doesn't mean like you go to someone's house, right? They put the bread in front of you and all the good stuff is far away. You have to just eat bread now, that's what you're stuck. Right? You can, it's when it's a collective meal. But he says, so just doing this sunnah with the intention of a sunnah is shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're going to get more. <coughs> Someone that's sad, you say them something to cheer them up. The Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, وَالْكَلِمَةُ الطَّيِّبَةُ صَدَقَةُ A nice statement you say to someone, a compliment, something to cheer them up, is sadaqah. Assalamu Alaikum, sadaqah. That is also shukr to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Imagine the hardest fast you've ever done. And how it was when you sat there and there's someone talking about chocolates in front of you. <laughs> I have these wars with my friend. He sends me pictures, I send, <laughs> send him pictures of, <laughs> of food. Anyway, revenge is sweet. Anyway, so <laughs> imagine the hardest fast you've ever done. Whole day, no food, no drink, you might be tired, all of this stuff. You've patiently put up with it. <coughs> At the end of the day, you break your fast, and how nice does it feel? Feeling that water go down, that food go down, that cheesecake go down. I need to stop doing this. Whenever I'm talking, teaching, and when I mention food, after that class, I go to the supermarket and buy that thing. <laughs> I've been doing it all over the Anyway. <laughs> so, imagine all that, and you get rewarded for that, yeah? For that whole day of fasting and difficulty. The Prophet told us, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Someone who eats, meaning someone who doesn't fast, like on Eid or normal days, right? He doesn't fast, and yet he says, Alhamdulillah. He thanks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that meal, gets a reward equal to the person who patiently fasts all day and, you know, puts up with that difficulty. Shukr, Allah loves this. And the more you do it, the more you get, and the more you do it, the easier it is. Shukr to people, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Aisha radiallahu anha, when these people made this lie up about her that she'd done something wrong, what happened? She's there for a month, no revelation coming, and people are starting to suspect things, you know, people are talking, Medina. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, <coughs> he's with her, and Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr and her mother, Umrumah, no, she's there and revelation comes and Allah mentions in the verse of Surah Nur that she's innocent, she hasn't done anything Abu Bakr says Aisha get up and thank the messenger of Allah she says no, by Allah I'm not going to thank anyone but Allah so right now she felt alone, no one's supporting me and I can't believe this. they're believing that, they're entertaining this, right? So it's, it's normal, it's understandable what state she's in, right? But then the Prophet said, Ya Aisha, 
La yashkurullaha man la yashkurun nas. The one who doesn't thank people hasn't in fact thanked Allah. You're saying I'm thanking Allah, but you neglect people, doesn't happen. Right? Shukr. This is called Darul Amal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the people in hell. Amilatun Nasiba. That they're working, toil and struggle and they're tired. They have to do stuff. Punishment in hell. But for the believer, this is Darul Amal. The place where you work, where you're supposed to do good deeds and actions. The Akhirah, nothing. It's just reward. But there's one act of worship that will continue until infinity. Shukr. What you're getting in paradise? Alhamdulillah. 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 Allah loves gratitude. And the best of people are grateful people. The best of people are people who show thanks to Allah. He loves this. The more you do, the higher your iman gets. Right? There's There's many, many, many hadith about this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about Sayyidina Ibrahim, Inna Ibrahim kana ummatan. Wow. Indeed, Ibrahim was an entire ummah. What do you mean? He's one person. How can be a whole massive group of people? It means that if you pick a huge group of people, say the followers of a prophet, if you look at all of them, and collectively all the good qualities that they have, all of these qualities, you put them all together, Ibrahim as an individual is like that. Qanitan lillah, totally devoted to Allah. What is it? My teacher, uh, Sheikh Ali Hani, Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed me with the opportunity to stalk this man for a long time. And Alhamdulillah, I benefit from him a lot. And he's a man whose his, his expertise is, to, is tafsir, and he's just been, since childhood, the Quran day in, day out, reciting it back to front, right? What does he say? He said to me once that after a lifetime of living with the Quran, what's his, what's the summary of the Quran? What is the Quran saying? What is Allah's message? He can summarize it in one verse, he said. You we worship, your help we ask. Meaning, the whole point of all of this is that you have a heart that's fully connected to Allah. I want to please Allah. Allah's pleasure is what I want. And everything else is a means to get there. I have parents, I'll be polite to them, I'll be kind to them, it's a means to please Allah. I have children, I'll be good to them, I'll raise them properly, it's a means to get to Allah. Everything is a means, so he says this is it, right? And as I say, shukr, you know, shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is what he deserves for everything you have, right? Absolute um, devotion. So he says, Ibrahim was a qanit, completely devoted to Allah. Shakiran li grateful for Allah's blessings. Isn't everyone grateful? No. He says the word for blessings here, he, there are different words in Arabic as in other languages. 
<coughs> so if I was to say if I was to talk about just one blessing on its own, I'd say the word ni'ma. If I'm talking about two, I'd say ni'matani or ni'matain. Yeah? Three to ten, I'd say an'um. Ten or more, ni'am. So Allah uses the word here for three to ten. But Ibrahim is grateful for even the fewest, the smallest, what are seen as the most insignificant blessings, Ibrahim was grateful even for those, let alone everything else. Homework. If you have a difficulty, remember you ask Allah in the moment, get me through this. And you ask for afiyah. Shukr. What do you do? Go home, take five minutes, whether it's before you're going to sleep or Five minutes, pick a day, pick, pick a time in the day When you don't talk to anyone Your phone's on an airplane There's no input coming in Leave it all And just say Alhamdulillah Oh Allah, pick something Thank you for this Oh Allah, thank you for this I'll tell you where you start Pick something in your life If it disappeared tomorrow Your life would be miserable Start there Oh Allah Thank you for my Iman. Oh Allah, thank you for my family. Oh Allah, just do that. I guarantee you. Udhkuru ni'mati, Allah says to the Jews. Bani Israel. Recall my blessings. You do that, you'll be in tears. That's your homework. Before you sleep, whatever, make a habit. And if you do it like that, build up to it. Do a few more minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Every day, do something like this, where you're thanking Allah for what you have. Big or small. Ni'ma al-idam al-khal The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam He walked into the house And he said to his wives Is there anything to eat? They said there's bread And as a condiment there's vinegar And their bread was not like our gluten filled bread Which is really nice and soft They'd bake it you know, they, when, they, when they made the flour They had to leave some of the chaff inside So when they bake it it's really hard Right? So you need something to soften that bread. And <clears throat> so you need a liquid. So they said, there's only vinegar. I don't think any of you go home and say, I want to have some vinegar right now. Unless there's fish and chips or something, right? So he said, what an excellent condiment vinegar is. What Allah's given you, you make a big deal out of it. Alhamdulillah, we've got a table in front of us. So, I'll end it with one of the awliya, he said, a small amount of good deeds, so good deeds are of two types, yeah? There's stuff you do with your hands and feet or whatever, and there's stuff that you do in here, what's happening in your heart, yeah? The stuff, the fasting or this charity, whatever, if it's just an action, it's like a pebble, in size, weight, reward, whatever. But what happens here inside is like a mountain. Patience, gratitude, love for Allah, love for His Messenger. All these things, tawakkul, are mountains compared to the stuff in SubhanAllah, SubhanAllah, SubhanAllah. That's like a pebble compared to that, right? <coughs> so you increase the quality of it. Ikhlas, again, another mountain. So he said, a small amount of good deeds 
while seeing Allah's favor. Alhamdulillah, I'm able to fast. Alhamdulillah, I'm able to do this. Alhamdulillah, stuff connected to worship. Alhamdulillah, stuff connected to life. Alhamdulillah, when I walk into a hot room, my body adjusts itself and I cool down. When I go to a cold place, my blood vessels expand and I get a bit warmer. Alhamdulillah, I drink, I eat, and through no actual effort of mine, I get energy from this. Alhamdulillah. Constantly, right? So he says, a small amount of bless, a small amount of good deeds, whilst seeing Allah and His favor is better than tons and tons of good deeds while saying, oh, I'm such a bad person. I should pray more, I should fast more. I'm terrible, I'm terrible, I'm terrible. Forget yourself. You know, this is what they call self-deprecation, where people keep mentioning, oh, I'm so bad and I'm this and I'm that. It doesn't help you, right? Rather, forget yourself, just look at Allah. Allah's given me this. Alhamdulillah, Allah's done this for me. Alhamdulillah, Allah's done this for me. So that's the best approach. Yeah? So this coin, when it comes to the payment in the Akhirah, you'll have both sides pristine, inshaAllah ta'ala. So we'll end it here and take some questions. Wasallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Any questions? Alright, okay. A question for me, you know, in relation to the first thing about patience, the person feels like they don't have many trials or tribulations in their life, should they be worried? Question is, if a person feels they don't have many trials and tribulations in their life, should they be worried? Um, no, they shouldn't be worried, worried, right? Remember, the Prophet said, if difficulty hits, he's patient. If good times come, he's grateful. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, he said, We were tested with difficulty and we proved patient. And we were tested with ease, life without problems, but we weren't patient there. In that situation, what he means is we weren't able to show enough thanks. So if your life's going easy, Alhamdulillah. Right? Allah, we're not all the same. When the angels came and took the soil from the earth to eventually make Adam, people that soil is from different parts of the earth, so people are different, right? In the way they are and what they need. So if, you're, if you've got a life of ease, that's what you need to make your Iman flourish. What's your step? Alhamdulillah. Yeah? Great. Anything else? Okay. Yes. How do you differentiate between Allah, God's will and free will? Okay. How do you differentiate between Allah's will and free will. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا يَشَاءُونَ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ So which basically means, Allah has put you in a situation. Allah has created that situation. Yeah? And Allah has forced you to choose. So He's not making you do anything. anything. You're in a situation, you're free to choose, you have no choice but to choose. Does that make sense? And your perception, if, let's say, right, you go and buy some nice mango lassi, right? Uh, I know I'm touching you all, right? And a cheesecake. And you go home and you put it, <coughs> I'm going to come back after Taraweeh and have this, right? You come back, you go to the fridge, you open it, it's gone. 
So you go to your wife, where is it? She's like, I can't help it. It's like, for some reason, my feet just started taking me towards the fridge. Then my hand opened the fridge door, and I grabbed the cheesecake, and I just shoved it in all at once. I couldn't control it. Are you going to believe her? Of course not. We don't perceive life like this, do we? You have a choice, and Allah's put you in a place where you have a choice, and you choose. Does that make sense? Alhamdulillah. Anything else? Are there any written questions, anything from the back? No? Should I talk more about food? <laughs> okay then, uh, I suppose we could call it a day. Any more, Hamza? I'm thinking. You're thinking? Next question. <coughs> okay, great. For sober, don't make a dua for sober. Right? Yes. Help me get through this. For shukr, for shukr just say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about Sayyidina uh, Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam, innahu kana abdan shakura. He really was a truly grateful servant, right? So you say, oh Allah, make me a shakur. Shakur, there's two words. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, in a couple of the surahs, he describes uh, people who get it. Right? And he says, In that is a huge sign for every sabbar and every shakur. A sabbar is someone who's patient time after time after time after time. When the time arises, he's grateful. Now, it's amazing because he used this wording because although we're all being tested, and some people have long term tests, that no one has difficulty in every single second of their life. You get it? There are sometimes someone cheers you up, whatever, you know, things. So there's time, times when you need to be patient, times when it's not, right? But for gratitude, we have to be grateful at every moment. Yeah? So he uses the word sabbar and someone who's time after time and shakur at all times. So ask Allah, oh Allah, make me a, sab- make me a shakur. Yeah? And that's the way, you know, asking for gratitude. In general, just asking. And Allah will give. Yes? Isn't there like a source? I can't remember it's from the last source. Ya Allah, make me of the few. Meaning, make me of the few. Yes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَقَلِيلٌ مِنْ عِبَادِي الشَّكُورِ In Surah Al-Sabah. <coughs> he says, He's speaking to Dawood and his followers and Suleiman. And Dawood alayhi salam. Excuse me. He would work with his own hands and he would make chain mail, armor. وَقَدِّرْ فِي السَّرْدِ he would, Allah said. So armor would basically like circles like of, of metal. So he says, make them tight. And he keeps saying, and he says, work out of gratitude. Right? So he say, oh Allah, make me the most grateful person on the planet. Yeah? And so after that he says, and very few of my special servants are shakur. So what about the rest of us? Of the elite, very few get to this rank of being a shakur. Right? So we ask Allah to make us shakur. Shakurin. <coughs> and <coughs> so there's one of the Bedouins, he's walking, he's doing tawaf around the Kaaba. And he says, Allahumma ja'alni min al-qaleel. Allahumma ja'alni min al-qaleel. Oh Allah, make me of the few. Oh Allah, make me of the few. Oh Allah, make me of the few. Umar says, Ya hada, oi. 
Like, what are you saying? So he said, Allah said this in the Quran. So I'm asking to be of them. He's like, all right, okay, good. Well then. So yeah, that's part of it. There's two questions. The first is, you know, you mentioned that you shouldn't ask, you shouldn't do dua for patients, but you should do dua for afia. If a person's going through a particular tribulation, is it okay in that situation to dua for that particular? In that situation, don't say make me patient. In that situation, sorry, the question is, if you're going through difficulty and obviously you don't ask for patience, uh, if you're going through something particular, a trial, should you ask for patience there? So in that situation, don't ask for patience, but oh, help me, get me through this. Make me strong and firm in this situation. Give me, give me the ability. And what you say is, oh, Allah, give me afia. Afia applies in situations where you haven't got a difficulty. It's, it's like... So a kafir will say, Ihdina sirat al-mustaqeem, guide me onto the straight path. A believer will say, Ihdina sirat al-mustaqeem, it's got a different meaning. Keep me on the straight path, make me progress on the straight path. So the same thing, when you ask for afi, when there's no problems, you're saying, keep them away. When, you, when there are problems, when you ask for afi, you're saying, oh Allah, take them away. Yeah, lift them. What's the next one? Um, what can you do to be better if you feel yourself losing patience with your loved one, parents? Allah. Now this is, what can you do <coughs> to be better? What can you do to improve yourself if you feel yourself losing patience with say your parents or, or loved ones? This is a very general question and everyone's situation is different. Um, in general, <coughs> In general, if being around or close to someone is going to mean you're going to flip or whatever, then it's probably better to minimize contact, walk, out, walk away. For example, like we're told to be good to our parents. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word walidak, right? The people who give birth to you, basically, literally and metaphorically, right? He doesn't say the people who raised you. Because people can make a mess of their children by raising them, you know, in the wrong way. But he says, not those who give, um, give birth to you, that, that the cause of your existence in this world. Be kind to them, right? So if you're in a situation and you feel, for example, my mother or my father or whatever is, gonna be, is being like this and it's affecting me, then moving away slightly. I mean, if you're having a conversation and they're saying something or doing something, and you can feel right, I'm going to flip, I might say something wrong or whatever, then just leave. It's better to be slightly distant than to be in their face, you know, vomiting all this abuse on them, right? The same with the relationships. But the general situation is, um, there are many causes, but idfa'ability hi ahsan, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that, you know, uh, Repel, if someone does something, repel with something better. Yeah? This is not easy. Allah says. In the verse, Allah says, someone does something bad to you, respond in, something, in a way that's better. Now, there are certain types of people, they will just take advantage. Right? They bite to you once, you do something good, they'll do it again, you do something good, they'll do it again. In this situation, if they're your relatives, I'm sorry, it's a harder situation. You can't say, bye-bye, get lost, I don't even know you. Right? Don't come to my jinaza. Right? You can't say that. 
Um, with other people, you know, you can keep a distance. The believer is not stoned from the same hole twice. So he says, repent which that which is better. And suddenly you'll see that this person, he's an enemy of yours. But once you've been good to him after he was bad to you, he becomes this friend, really close friend, like who gets hot and bothered if something happens to you. Someone says something to you, he gets offended, wants to defend you. And Allah says, no one is able to do that except for those who are patient. Then he says the same thing, no one is able to do that except for those who have a huge share of reward. And I didn't mention this, so let me just go over this. إِنَّمَا الصَّابِرُونَ أَجْرَهُمْ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابٍ Those who are patient, <coughs> there's no limit to the reward that they get. Sheikh Ahmad ibn Ajiba, this great wali, he said on the day of judgment, Allah will call all the people who are of patience, right, who are this specific virtue. Come. <coughs> and he says Allah will start to give them gifts and he'll give them 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 and he keeps giving over and over until the people that had an easy life will wish I wish I had been one of those people I wish I had been one of these, one of these people that are drowned in difficulties because of what he'll see and people get this in this life before the next I guarantee you this I guarantee you Allah Sunnah Couple of points. Allah's Sunnah is that when He loves someone, He tries them, gives them difficulty. Things that they want, they don't get. He keeps them away from them, right? Until eventually, His, his mercy comes like a flood. If you imagine, I go outside and it's windy and I light a match, what's going to happen to that match? Gets blown out. Yeah, this is how people are when they're feeling all really weak and whatever, and all these tests and trials are coming. But there comes a point in everyone's life where Allah tests. There comes a point where they're no longer a match; they become a bonfire. And the more wind that blows into the bonfire, the stronger the fire gets. Yeah, so this is what happens. Any more? Anything else? No. Right, let's end Make us people that are grateful to you in every situation, in the best of ways. Make everyone, uh, every one of us a Hamad, someone who constantly thanks you, Ya, ya Rabbil Alameen. Those that are in difficulties, Ya Rabbil Alameen, remove their difficulties in the best, quickest and easiest ways. Fill our, loves, fill our lives with Afia, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Fill our lives with devotion and dedication to you, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Make us people like Sayyidina Ibrahim, grateful for even the, the slightest of blessings and completely dedicated to you, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ya Arhamar Rahimin. <coughs> Every one of us has sins. Ya Rabbul Alameen, we ask you out of your mercy and your kindness and your generosity. You, you love to forgive. Forgive all of our sins. Forgive the first of our sins, run all the way up to the last of our sins. Ya Rabbul Alameen, those in privately, those in publicly. Ya Rabbul Alameen, those in, in accidentally, those in deliberately. Ya Rabbul Alameen, forgive all of them for every one of us and all our loved ones. Ya Rabbul anyone here that has a difficulty or a desire or a wish, 
fulfill that desire and wish uh, and remove that difficulty for them in the best way. Ya Akram al-Akramin. Ya Rabbi, we all know people who, uh, who, who ask us for du'as, who would want us to pray for them. So whatever their desires are, whatever their difficulties are, Ya Rabbi al-Alameen, facilitate all those matters in the best of ways. Ya Rabbi al-Alameen, you want the organizers uh, of this masjid, Lord Sidi, Sidi Hamza and everyone else that works in this masjid tirelessly to spread the light of your religion, Ya Rabbi al-Alameen. Facilitate this new, this new project for the, for the refurbishment and the rebuilding of this, of this masjid, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Make it a paragon, <coughs> make it a bastion of light and guidance that spreads the love of you and your messenger and your book and your religion far and wide, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ya Rabbi, we ask you for afia in this life and we ask you for afia in the next life. We ask that you, you cover and veil our deficiency with your generosity. Ya Rabbil Alameen, any deficiencies that we do have, we, we ask you not uh, to allow us to not look at them, but to look at you and look at your generosity and worship you like that, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma kfir li ummati Sayyidina Muhammad. Allahumma arham ummati Sayyidina Muhammad. اللهم استر أمة سيدنا محمد اللهم اجبر أمة سيدنا محمد وصلى الله على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم والحمد لله رب العالمين Thank you for listening. This lesson was brought to you by Seekers Guidance, the world's first truly global Islamic seminary. Visit SeekersGuidance.org to access reliable Islamic knowledge taught by qualified teachers. We offer a wide range of courses, podcasts, articles, and a world-class answer service, all completely free of charge. This is made possible solely by supporters like you. Be a partner in this blessed work by making a small donation at SeekersGuidance.org. Even $10 a month can go a long way. Our beloved Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, said, Whoever guides someone to goodness will have a similar reward. So don't forget to share this lesson and join us in spreading prophetic guidance.